0: running lift off. we have
1: a lift it's seven after the hour i am eric erickson this is atlanta's evening news on wsb the phone number 404 872 750 wsb talk and guess what the radar it's clear but it's cold did y'all see the videos on CNN, people going outside throwing uh, buckets of boiling water into the air and it immediately freeze? It is that cold. It is actually colder in the northern part of the United States than in any part of the planet Mars, including the the North and South Pole on Mars. That should put into perspective for you how cold it is. Now, we've got a lot of news to get to, and I I, I want to deal with this news this hour, and my apologies to those of you who, who have uh, children with you, that they, they might as well... They're going to have to deal with this. Uh, I'm talking, of course, about the Virginia law. Um, We tend to hide behind the euphemism abortion. And what abortion actually is, is killing children. Now, I know, listen, uh, here's how I know the United States is not as pro-life as a lot of people claim it is. There is actually a ton of research done in talk radio that this is a subject people don't want you to talk about. Believe it or not, you know the other subject people don't want you to talk about? Guns. In talk radio, in fact, I filled in one time for a national show, and uh, there was an abortion issue and a gun issue that were actually the big topics that day. And the the management of the national show suggested I be careful in how I approach them because talk radio listeners don't actually like to talk about those subjects. Um, and yet here we, we got to talk about the one. You know, the other subject apparently talk radio people don't like to talk about is religious stuff. And, and I mean, my goodness, have you listened to my show? <laughs> Nonetheless, we got to weave it all together. So I, I assign a title for when we podcast the show. Uh, and push it out. And today's title for when the podcast gets pushed out is Satan is off the chains. I mean, this stuff in Virginia is crazy. If you haven't heard, um and there is a silver lining. Uh, there is a bright spot in all this abortion legislation. New York, Virginia, now Connecticut says it's going to pass it. There is actually a silver lining that we should explore that isn't getting a lot of attention. Um, a possible silver lining, I guess I should put it that way. Uh, but so New York passed a, a an abortion law, and what you have to understand they're doing, and what the media is terrible about reporting because the media is in the tank on this stuff, is they're lowering the standards. So it used to be in order to have a late term abortion in the United States, when when the the baby could live, if you were into induced delivery, the child would live. If you wanted to have an abortion during that period, if you wanted to kill the child during that period, you had to have two doctors. Both say the life of the mother was in jeopardy. Meaning, if you did not have the abortion, two separate doctors would say more likely than not the mother's going to die. What they're changing and what they're twisting in the language is going from the life of the mother to the health of the mother. Believe it or not, any time you have a child, the health of the mother is in danger. I don't need to say more than once the word episiotomy. The the health of the mother is in danger any time you give birth for a variety of things. Also, the the emotional health of the mother, there's postpartum depression, things like that. So the health of the mother, so they're changing it from life of the mother to health of the mother and they're changing it from two doctors to one doctor and that one doctor can be the person who actually kills the child not independent people so you can go to Planned Parenthood they have a, a doctor on staff at Planned Parenthood you have dilated your water has broken and instead of going to the hospital you decide that you know what I had an argument with with the, the baby's daddy yesterday I, I don't want to have this child anymore I want to punish it to take it out on the father. You go to Planned Parenthood, the doctor says, oh, yep, yeah, your your health, your emotional health could be at risk here. So the water's broken, you're dilated, the child's in the birth canal, let's kill it. That's actually the change in the law. Uh, that is the change in the law in New York, and that would be the change in the law in Virginia. This is Kathy Tran. She, if You, you don't have to take my word for it. This is Kathy Tran before the Virginia House Committee reviewing this legislation yesterday. Listen to this exchange. So, how late in the third trimester would you be able to to do that? You know, um, it's very unfortunate that our, that our physicians, uh, our witnesses, were not able to attend today to speak specifically. No, I'm to talking that. about your bill. How, how yeah, late? I mean, how late in the third trimester could a, a physician perform an abortion if he indicated it would impair the mental health of the of the woman or physical health? Okay. Okay. I'm I'm um, talking about the mental health. So, I mean, through the third trimester. The third trimester goes all the way up to 40 weeks.
0: Okay, but to the end of the third trimester.
1: Yep, I don't think we have a limit in the bill.
0: So, um,
1: where it's obvious that a woman is about to give birth, she has physical signs of, of, that she is about to give a birth. Would that still be a point at which she could request an abortion if she was so certified? She's dilating. Uh, Mr. Chairman, that would be a you know a decision that the doctor, the physician, and the woman. I understand would make that. At that. I'm point. asking if your bill allows that my bill would allow that yes there there you go so the the woman is dilating and yep let's kill the kid that's that's where we are with the democrats now i i did say there's a potential silver lining here and you're wondering what on earth could that be? Well, one of them is, is clearly we're closer and closer to the second coming because Satan clearly is off the chain, but there, there's actually there's actually a domestic political potential silver lining here. The potential silver lining, why are states suddenly rushing to do this? Why are progressive states suddenly rushing to liberalize abortion laws? By the way, uh, you know, it it is funny here how the left always says we should do X, Y, and Z because of Europe. Uh, We, North Korea, China, and Cuba, are the only countries on earth that have abortion laws as liberal as ours. Think about that. The potential silver lining is that the reason that the left is doing this in these particular states is because they're more and more convinced that the Supreme Court is going to begin restricting abortion rights see right now because of roe versus wade uh abortion is presumed to be a constitutional right even though it's not in the constitution unlike the second amendment for example and it's presumed to be nationwide what the left is fearful of is that this five four conservative majority and by the way there are more and more rumors that ruth bader ginsburg is actually not doing well Uh, we won't get into the, the the theories that she's already dead uh, there are actually people out there that are Ruth Bader Ginsburg truthers now who believe she's dead. Um, I have actually heard from a number of people who are aware of the situation who tell me she's actually uh, in far worse health than is than is publicly known but but still alive. Um, so the left is worried about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. they're worried about a six three conservative majority. And so they're suddenly embracing the idea of federalism, that they need to go on and get these things on the books because the Supreme Court is about to allow more abortion restrictions. Uh, They're about to lessen uh, the impact of Roe Nationwide. And so these states need to shore up their federalist position since they're not going to have the federal government there to protect abortion rights uh, with the Supreme Court. That's actually a good sign to me. Uh, I I am opposed to this legislation. I will not support a pro-abortion. And forget the euphemisms, folks. You can call yourself all pro-choice you want. What you're cho- what you're choosing to support is killing a child. Let's let's not dance around the euphemism. And by the way, you use the arguments that slave owners used in the 19th century. You you do. We should be aware of this. That the reason pro-lifers, myself included, say that abortion is the modern equivalent of slavery, is because all of the arguments are the same. It's my body. It's my property. I can do with it as I want. It, it's not a human being. It's only partly a human being. Um, it it it's not loved otherwise. We're doing it, all all of the arguments mirror uh, the arguments of Confederate slave owners before the Civil War. That's just a inconvenient fact for the abortion movement and now their their inconvenient argument is well we should let the states decide well okay i'm actually okay with letting the states decide on this issue Uh, i do not believe that uh, abortion is a federal issue and it should be decided state by state i don't have to live in that state those people don't have to live in my state but that is a level of a silver lining here is that there's a great deal of awareness from the left now that their days of hiding behind the Supreme Court are rapidly coming to an end, and they have to do this at the state level. And I'm okay with that. But what is horrific here is how willing they are to move straight from abortion to infanticide, actually admitting they're killing the child. The governor of Virginia, I've got the audio. You can hear him for yourself. You don't have to take my word for it. The governor of Virginia has said that under this law, a woman could deliver a child and resuscitate the child if necessary, then decide with the doctor what to do, whether to keep the child or kill the child. You can hear the audio for yourself. It's unbelievable. Uh, and this is where we are with the left. I, I got to tell you, uh, we see all the time the left saying things like uh, Donald Trump is such a monster. Uh, Donald Trump, the election of Donald Trump proves how Hitler got elected. I, I'm thinking um, this is projection. Y'all calling Donald Trump a monster. Look at what y'all are supporting. I, I, I can certainly see how Nazism uh, came to life. I mean, you know, this is eugenics. This is This is awful stuff we're talking about. And there's part of the progressive movement out there championing it, cheering it on, thinking it's a good thing. They're killing children, and they're defending it behind euphemism. We might as well understand what's happening here, but we also need to understand the motivation here. Uh, you can say that there's a—yeah, there is a spiritual problem here, yes, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to avoid at this juncture the religious angle here— The actual political angle is the reason the left is rushing forward with this stuff is more and more they're starting to realize their days of having a 5-4 pro-abortion majority on the Supreme Court rapidly coming to an end, and they're taking steps right now to ensure that at the state level, using federalism, they'll have some protections. It is 25 after the hour. I, when was it? It was Two weeks ago, two weeks ago, I guess it was, two, yeah, Sunday, two weeks ago, I guess. I, I was coming back from Bill Maher. Um, in any event, I, I stopped at uh, Perimeter Mall because I upgraded my iPad and I needed the new smart board, the uh, smart keyboard case. So I was in there and a listener came up to me and asked me when we were going to get a Sherry's Berries deal for Valentine's Day. He just presumed that we were. Well, guess what? We are and this is it. Uh, it's nice to know my listeners wait around for these deals, by the way. Um, so, here we go. It is Sherry's Berries. They got a great deal. In fact, I got a box uh, the other day. I'll put up a picture on Instagram so people can see it. But if you don't know what Sherry's Berries are, they're giant, juicy, freshly dipped strawberries. They're dipped in milk chocolate, dark chocolate, white chocolate. Uh, they've got, now this year, they got something new. In addition to some of them being dipped in chocolate chips, they've also got heart and glitter sprinkles, sugar sprinkles. Yeah. Um, so, I'll put a picture on Instagram at E.W. Erickson, so you can see it. But Valentine's Day is now right around the corner. Believe it or not, it's coming. And you can send your significant other the Valentine's gift of her dreams at the price of your dreams. It is $19.99 plus shipping and handling. Plus, if you order now and make this Valentine's really special by adding a dozen red roses for nineteen ninety nine dollars more, shipped with your Sherry's Berries at no extra charge. All you got to do, this is easy, go to berries.com, You click on the microphone and you enter my code, which is my last name, Erickson, at checkout. It's B-E-R-R-I-E-S dot com. You click on the microphone. You enter my name, Erickson. Order today, and remember again, right now you can add a dozen red roses for just nineteen ninety nine more, uh, plus the shipping and handling for the berries. It's a great great deal. My wife, my my sisters, my mom, my wife they love Sherry's berries. Uh, you know I'm not a strawberry eater. I, I I don't like strawberries, and I am locked in on Sherry's berries and have been since out of law school because everybody in my family loves this and. You will too, and I know you will because you people see me all the time and say, when are we going to get a deal on Sherry's Berries? Well, here's your deal. Now, i got to play for you this audio. This is Ralph Northam. He is the supposedly moderate governor of... Of Virginia, and he's explaining this infanticide legislation. I'm going to play you the long clip. I want to play this audio for you and let you digest this with me. There
0: was a very contentious committee hearing yesterday when Fairfax County Delegate Kathy Tran made her case for lifting restrictions on third trimester abortions, as well as other restrictions now in place. And she was pressed by a Republican delegate about whether her bill would permit an abortion, even as a woman is essentially dilating, ready to give birth, and she answered that it would permit an abortion at that stage of
1: labor. Do you support her measure and, and explain her answer?
0: Yeah, and I'm, you know, I wasn't there, uh, Julie, and I, I certainly a cop can't out. Speak I wasn't for, there. I don't uh, know delegate Tran. but um, I would tell you one uh, first thing I would say. This is why decisions such as this should be made by providers, uh, physicians, uh, and uh, the. Uh, mothers uh, and fathers that that are involved it sounds um, good but there are you know when we talk about third trimester uh, abortions these are done uh with the consent uh, of obviously the the mother with the consent uh, of the physicians more than one physician by no, no,
1: the no no no, no, no. They're, they're changing the law in virginia so it's only one not two physicians Um, and it's done in cases where there may be severe deformities not not anymore again they're changing the law there may be a, a, a fetus that's non-viable a fetus when you're at third trimester it's a baby so in this
0: particular example uh, if a mother is in labor i can tell you exactly uh, what would happen listen um, the infant would be delivered delivered uh, the infant would be kept comfortable comfortable uh, the infant would be resuscitated, resuscitated. If, if that's what the uh, mother and the family desire if they and want then it. a discussion would ensue and
1: then a discussion would ensue so we're going to deliver the baby we're going to make the baby comfortable if the baby's dead we're going to resuscitate the baby if that's what the parents want. And if they want the baby resuscitated, then we're going to let the mother and doctor decide if they should then kill it again. Oh dear God. We, we are in like a uh, Sodom and Gomorrah territory here. This is, this is wow. Um, come quickly, Lord Jesus on this. Uh, this is just appalling. This is infanticide actually is infanticide. Wow. Uh, how the mighty have fallen in this country. Repent, repent. The end is near. It is 39 after the hour. The phone number is 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. I, I want to play, go back to the Ralph Northam clip, Governor of Virginia, and just give you the, just the, the small segment here. I want you to digest it for yourself again. Now, I'm not going to talk over it this time because I want you to hear it for yourself. And, and you process this.
0: So in this particular example, uh, if a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly uh, what would happen. Um, the infant would be delivered. Uh, the infant would be kept comfortable. Uh, the infant would be resuscitated if, if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. So so I think this was really blown out of proportion
1: It was blown out of proportion. First of all, the the governor misstated what the law would do. He cited current law, not what would happen. And then he's saying that the child would be born and made comfortable, resuscitated if the family desired, and then the mother and doctor would decide whether or not to have an abortion. And that's the key here. The child... Is born a post birth abortion. That's what they're talking about. That's called infanticide. Killing kids. Where does this start? You, you know, there's, oh, um, was it Philip K. Dick? I, I can't, one of the science fiction writers uh, th- basically said that it, it did a science fiction work in the 1970s that really made a lot of people on the left upset because they took it as a critique of abortion culture that a child does not have capacity until they're of a certain age you for example a a, your nine-year-old cannot enter into a contract your nine-year-old cannot get married your nine-year-old can't sign be legally bound your nine-year-old cannot go to grown-up prison for committing crimes because they don't have the capacity under law and in this sci-fi short story, you could, until your child had capacity, your child was not a contributing member of society. Therefore, you could kill the child. And the test was, did your child take pre-algebra? That until you get to pre-algebra, you're, you're basically, you're just memorizing stuff. And, and any, any sentient being of any kind, whether it's a dog, a cat, or a squirrel, or a chipmunk, can memorize stuff. And so the test of whether you could actually had cognitive function to function in society was, have you taken pre-algebra? And if you hadn't gotten to that point yet, it's okay. It's not infanticide. society. It was just called a post-birth abortion. And that's where we are now in this country. My goodness gracious. Yes, I, I got some angry emails in commercial break from people who said I was being dismissed for the religious stuff. Well, you know, I I, I try not to, to have Jesus talk all the time on, on this radio show. Uh, I know there are some people who get aggravated if it comes up at all. Uh, there is something to be said for the rise of secularism in this country, but there is a relevant angle here on the news as well, and that is the most conservative people in this country socially are black and Hispanic voters. And as the left in this country moves rapidly towards trying to lock in uh, secular rich white voters, they risk losing those voters. And I don't think the Republicans are set up right now to be able to capture that vote. And maybe they will be. If not, I think a third party will eventually come along that is able to capture those votes. And people should be paying attention to that. By the way, uh, important announcement for you guys. Uh, The Resurgent Gathering is going to be at the Grand Hyatt in Buckhead. The first weekend in August That is August 1st through the 4th Really the 2nd and 3rd will be full day events Governor Kemp has accepted the invitation And we have invited now Senator David Perdue I intend to invite Senator Isaacson as well But also uh, Tom Cotton from Arkansas Marco Rubio from Florida Tim Scott from South Carolina And Ben Sass from Nebraska We've extended invites to them I'm also going up to Washington To personally invite Senator Someone who I can't name right now, but we're expecting to have someone big and fancy there as well. If you want to come, if you want more information, text the word Atlanta to three four five three four five. Atlanta to three four five three four five. Now let's get to the phones here, uh, waiting very patiently in Buford. Is Tim? Welcome.
0: Hey Eric, thanks for taking my call. I gotta tell you, buddy, this really makes me very angry. This is uh, this is disgusting. Yeah. This is this this. This is sickening, and these same people want to say that a wall or a physical barrier to protect our country is immoral, but to murder – sorry if I get a little upset – to murder a, 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 a little soul? That's a little soul, that and they don't think that's immoral? What? in the
1: world is wrong with these people they've got their priorities well mixed up again tim i think it is it is deeply relevant to this argument that the arguments used by the pro-abortion community are the same arguments recycled as slave owners in the 19th century you name the argument for abortion it's my body well that was it's my property um, it's just a clump of cells. Well, it, these aren't real humans. Uh, it, it can't take care of itself. It can't take care of itself. Um, it, you don't have to own a slave. You, you don't have to have an abortion. These, it, it, the arguments, they're just repetitive. They, they repeat. It is viewing another human being as not a human, but as property. Uh, that's That's what this is. It's horrifying, and yet that's where we are as a country on the political left. There's something to be said here for the left overplaying their hand. One of the things I say all the time is events change things. And I want to spend some time in the next next hour talking about one of the biggest, biggest uh, hurdles the president's team is going to have to overcome in 2020. But the left is essentially rushing out to provide the argument for people who are wavering on the president to say, no, no, you got to stick with him. Even Sherrod Brown, the progressive uh, senator from Ohio, has come out and said, you know, you guys are so busy trying to win over rich white uh, liberals that you're turning off blue collar voters and voters in swing states. It's going to be a real problem for the left. Mike and Marietta, you're next. Welcome.
0: Hey, Eric. Uh Hey, uh, well, I would say great topic, but I, it's hard to say great topic.
1: Yeah, well, I understand.
0: What? Yeah, what about the criteria of danger to the mom? I guess that's out the window, because if you can birth a child and then decide to kill it, where's the, where's the danger to the mom after the child is born? Is the left going to... Extend it on out now to three-year-old, five-year-old if they become a financial burden.
1: Listen, Diane Feinstein, former senator from uh, California, uh, uh, I'm sorry, not Diane Feinstein, Barbara Boxer, Barbara Boxer from California, actually was publicly willing to take the position that until the child leaves the hospital, the mother should be able to decide. It yeah, is um,
0: scary times. It is. Scary times, indeed.
1: It, it totally is. It, it is, it is uh, paganism. It, it is sacrifice. To the gods of materialism uh, that's exactly what we're dealing with Michael in Atlanta you're up next welcome hi
0: Eric um, I'll get right to it uh, one of the arguments I've always used with men and women when I debate this issue and I'm surprised it's ever been used in a debate is if it's truly your body and your choice and I'm not advocating for it but why is it that it's illegal to do drugs illegal drugs why is it illegal to commit suicide why is it illegal to prostitute yourself for money Why is it that you have to wait to a certain age until you could drink or smoke? If it's truly your body and it's your choice, the government should then no longer have any right to tell me what I can put in my body or what I can uh, do with it for money, etc. So I don't understand the logic behind, you know, for women to say that, but yet all the other things – are um, illegal well I,
1: you know Mike. keep in mind now that there actually is a, a huge huge push on the left uh, on that logic to say the government should have no role that drugs should be legal prostitution should be legal there should be no uh legal age for cigarettes marijuana alcohol that this is all between you and your parents you you and your doctor the government should have no say in it it, it is a libertinism. Um, the, a, a materialism and a libertinism that everybody's got to be able to have a good time. Uh, this is what happens when a nation ceases being serious. Just a quick timeout for a sponsor who I am a longtime user of, and that would be Quip. Uh, my electric toothbrush for two years now, more than two years actually, has been Quip. In fact, I just got my new brush head the other day. It's sitting right here. I've got it in my hand. It comes in a nice little tube. You can pop it open and there's your toothbrush head. It's fantastic. I like Quip. What I like about Quip is that I've used other electric toothbrushes in the past and the brush heads are so big it's hard to get to the back of your mouth and that's where I have a problem brushing after wisdom tooth surgery a number of years ago. I have a real hard time getting back there with uh, a lot of electric toothbrushes and the Quip fits perfectly. Not only that but it you don't have to worry about carrying a charger with you. It's got a AAA battery and every three months for five bucks you get a new brush head. It also comes with a AAA battery and so they keep you in stock. I really like it. I've used this for a number of years now my wife uses it as well even my dentist has commented that I don't have a lot of tartar plaque buildup on my teeth these days and it's because of the quip it really is uh it vibrates for two minutes and every 30 seconds pulses so you know to reposition in your mouth so you get a very even clean you get the two minutes that dentists recommend I really like this it starts at $25 if you go to getquip.com slash eric right now you'll get your first brush head refill pack for free as well that's your first refill pack for free at get. QUIP.com slash Eric. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson. Um, I am moving on from this topic for the next hour in large part because I know after five, the propensity of people to have kids in their car actually increases as people are leaving work, picking up kids from preschool daycare and whatnot. And I don't want to be talking about this while they're in the car. I uh, would like to talk about something else. We need to talk about 2020 of all things. I do want to read this from a friend of mine real quick. Um, in nearly six centuries ago, the tottering and sclerotic Chimu Imperium desperately sought the favor of the gods. Its priests and its officialdom took 500 children uh, as the it took, not seized, and slaughtered them all. The killings were a grim horror. The children were held down by attendants as the priests did their work. Um, I'm not going to go into the descriptions of it, but the parents of the children cheered it on. 500 innocents died in conscious agony, and it didn't work. The Chimu were overrun and destroyed by the Inca, who themselves in turn were eradicated by the Spanish, whose efforts ending pre-Columbian American human sacrifice and the religions that commanded it ought to be counted as a service to mankind. Now, the principal thing we know of the Chimu is their mass slaughter of children encouraged on by the children's parents. We found the graves. We know some of their great and glorious worthies, their kings and princes, their rich and powerful, their cities and realms. We mostly know of the least among them, their little children and what they did to them. It's ample testament to what sort of people they were. Why did they do it? Well, we have sufficient answer from the comparable practices of child sacrifice among the contemporary Mexico or the Canaanites of previous centuries. There was a way of life they wanted to preserve for themselves, and somehow they persuaded themselves that it was unsustainable and unthinkable without the deaths of others, adults in some cases, but most especially children. None of these cultures could have known of Dostoevsky, of course, but they faced the same question that he posed to Aloisha Karamazov. Quote... Imagine that you're creating a fabric of human destiny with the object of making men happy in the end, giving them peace and rest at last, but that it was essential and inevitable to torture to death only one tiny creature, that baby beating its breasts with its fist, for instance, and to found that edifice on its unavenged tears, would you consent to the architect of these conditions? Alyosha said no. No. It is not worth giving all men happiness to torture to death a baby. The Chimú, the Mexica, the Canaanites, they all said yes. Not just them, of course. A meaningful cohort of Germans actively assisted or passively acquiesced to the Holocaust happening uh, using the same logic that these others must die that we may live as we wish. It's a pity, but this is what the gods, or whatever we are empowering as our gods, be it spurious laws of racial destiny or progress or materialism demand. This is a fallibility of the human condition. It's also how we understand these legislatures, the abortion cult in the United States. It's the gods of materialism demanding the sacrifice of the children.
0: Running.
1: Lift off. We have
0: a lift
1: off. It's nine after the hour. It's Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Ah, we're moving on, folks. We're moving on from the last hour. Um... Just a reminder, text ATLANTA to 345345 if you want to get the link to register for the Resurgent Gathering. It'll be August 1st through the 4th here in Atlanta uh, at the Grand Hyatt in Atlanta. Governor Kipp is going to be there. We've invited David Perdue. I intend to invite this week Johnny Isaacson, uh, Tom Cotton of Arkansas, Uh, Tim Scott from South Carolina, Marco Rubio from Florida, Ben Sass from Nebraska, Um, also reaching out to uh, the incoming governor or new governor in Tennessee, Bill Lee, and several others to get them there. We'll have folks from Google, Facebook, uh, talking about technology policy, and a lot more. It'll be a great conference. Also, someone from a, well, someone very, very notable that will make lots of headlines. I am personally flying to D.C. to invite Um, more on that later. now we have to get into other news. Uh, 2020, actually there is relevant news there, but before we get there, Lucy McBath is in the news today. Lucy McBath, uh, beat Karen Handel in the sixth congressional district here in Georgia. And it's fascinating. Uh, a constituent has received a letter from the Congresswoman that if the, if the constituent needs help, they should call Johnny Isaacson. I'm I'm not making that up. Uh, thank you for contacting. This is a letter received January 23rd. Uh, thank you for contacting the office of Congresswoman Lucy McBath, representing the 6th Congressional District of Georgia. We appreciate your message and look forward to responding. Since taking office on January 3rd, we've received a high volume of correspondence. We thank you for your patience as we develop our mail system to send substantive responses for immediate assistance with federal agencies or with an ongoing case. Please contact the Atlanta office of Johnny Isaacson. <laughs> you know, here's the other crazy thing is it's signed by Lucy McBath. Um, but it actually the, the very first it is, thank you for contacting the office of Congresswoman Lucy McBath, as opposed to thank you for contacting my office. It's it's thank you for contacting her office signed by her. It just. The whole thing is odd. They're getting up to speed. She's she's a a freshman member of Congress now. But uh, boy, the Republicans are going to do what they can to beat her in 2020. The Democrats are going to do what they can to beat Rob Woodall in 2020. And there is an overarching problem. And we're not going to spend time on on the data analytics and going door to door. But there is an issue here that needs to be discussed. And that is an issue I I am encountering, not just with some of you in the listening audience, but also with folks uh, close to the president's political team for 2020. And that is, in 2016, pretty much every analyst and pundit, myself included, was fairly certain Hillary Clinton was going to win. And the polling showed Hillary Clinton was going to win. And but for 70,000 voters in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan, she would have won. And when anyone tells you that the president has problems in 2020, what you're going to immediately say is, well, you were wrong about 2016. Well, yeah, but no. The polling wasn't wrong in 2016. Hillary Clinton won the popular vote by a couple percentage points, actually. She won the popular vote. And media organizations are not going to be polling people in California for the national election this time. They they know that California is going to go Democrat. So they're going to focus on the swing states this time, and some of you are still going to say the polling's wrong. Listen, I spent all of last year fielding phone calls from you people, yelling at me that the polls were wrong in 2016, and they were wrong again. And guess what? The polls weren't wrong in 2016, and they sure as hell weren't wrong in 2018. The Democrats took back the House of Representatives. Do you know how many of you people called, and none of you ever bothered to call and apologize, to tell me that, yeah, actually I was right and you were wrong about 2018, and then the polls are on. The polls are on. The Republicans are going to sweep. The Republicans are going to make gay. The Republicans are going to increase the House majority. No, they did not. I mean, it, the data is not out there willfully trying to be wrong, and it was actually right in 2018. And there's a separate side to this problem that Republicans need to address about the president's base. All of you are upset that I said you people. That's what I say. I've said it for eight years on this radio station. I am not going to change. If you people have a problem, you can send me an email that I can ignore. (laughs) Okay. Seriously, though, there is a problem here. In addition to a lot of people just refusing to believe uh, any analysis that goes against what they personally believe, um, there's this, if you look at 2018, you, you don't have to look at the polls. Now you can look at the actual results, the turnout in Georgia, in Texas, in Oklahoma, in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and Michigan, they were all just about presidential level. You only needed a few thousand more voters in some of these states, including Georgia to actually match presidential level turnout. And it was very close, and it shouldn't have been in Texas and Georgia. The suburbs in Texas and Georgia that are reliably Republican flipped decisively to the Democrats. Oklahoma suburbs that have never elected Democrats ever in the history of that state since OKLAHOMA was a song that people actually wanted to sing, they went Democrat. Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan decisively went to the Democrats. Those are the three states that caused Donald Trump to win in 2016. And those states flipped heavily to the Democrats. Wisconsin went from every single statewide officer being a Republican to every single statewide officer being a Democrat. The Democrats gained seats in the congressional delegation of Pennsylvania, the congressional delegation of Michigan, the congressional delegation of Wisconsin. They gained state legislative seats. This was a really big, big shift in the country. And the overwhelming majority of it had not to do with rejecting Republicans, but rejecting Donald Trump. And I've been talking to people who are connected to the president's campaign, and most of them realize this is a problem. But there is a small vocal minority, of which the president is among them, who really do think that he can win in 2020 with his base. See, Hillary Clinton's not on the ballot this time. And... You're going to have to give people some other reason. Now, the Democrats, let's be honest, there is an incumbency advantage, and the Democrats were played into the president's hands. Um, I mean, he can be thanking Jesus if Kamala Harris is the Democratic nominee, because she will turn off the suburbs and she will turn off uh, the states, the swing states. But uh, the president has turned off so many people. Is it enough to overcome? It's going to be a terribly, terribly nasty election as both sides try to make the other side unlikable and Harris is the gift that keeps on giving for President Trump, but it's still going to be a very difficult race. It's going to be more difficult than some people seem to think. Some people seem to think that he has it in the bag. But the problem is that as much as people may look at Kamala Harris and say this woman is a crazy leftist, a lot of these people are looking at her saying she's actually a nicer person than Donald Trump. And go back to 2012. Remember the exit polling in 2012? Mitt Romney won the he's not a nice guy award. Mitt Romney won the he's not a nice guy award. Mitt Romney also lost to Barack Obama on the issue of this person cares about me. More people in 2012 believe Barack Obama cared about them than Mitt Romney cared about them. More people found Barack Obama likable than found... Mitt Romney likable. And with President Trump, the unlikable characteristics are baked into polling at this point. Roughly 55 to 60% of the American public finds him unlikable at this point. There are things that are going to have to change. This does not mean the president's going to lose in 2020. Don't. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, heck, I'm planning on voting for him in 2020, people. I mean, he's picking up people like me because the Democrats are going insane. But there are also people he's lost along the way. And he can't just win based on his base because his base is actually smaller now than it was in 2016 because of economic factors, because of personality factors, because of a host of issues. So they're going to have to do some inroads. They're going to have to do some bridge building. And I'm afraid what they're going to do is they're going to look at all the data and they're going to say, well, you were wrong about 2016. You're wrong about now. Uh, They can't afford to do that. They need to be realists when they look at the data. And the data suggests Republicans are going to be hurting in the suburbs unless something changes. So they need to get out on the campaign trail. The president needs to get out there and he needs to start rebuilding relationships with Republicans in these swing districts, particularly women. You can say, well, I'm a woman. I love the president. That's fine. But the 2018 results show you that there are far more women who shifted away from the president than shifted towards him. That's a problem they're going to have to address. Just a quick timeout for a sponsor who I am a longtime user of, and that would be Quip. Uh, my electric toothbrush for two years now, more than two years actually, has been Quip. In fact, I just got my new brush head the other day. It's sitting right here. I've got it in my hand. It comes in a nice little tube. You can pop it open, and there's your toothbrush head. It's fantastic. I like Quip. What I like about Quip is that I've used other electric toothbrushes in the past, and the brush heads are so big, it's hard to get to the back of your mouth, and that's where I have a problem brushing after wisdom tooth surgery a number of years ago. I have a real hard time getting back there with uh, a lot of electric toothbrushes, and the Quip fits perfectly. Not only that, but it you don't have to worry about carrying a charger with you. It's got a AAA battery, and every three months, for 5 bucks, you get a new brush head. It also comes with a AAA battery, and so they keep you in stock. I really like it. I've used this for a number of years now. My wife uses it as well. Even my dentist has commented that I don't have a lot of tartar plaque buildup on my teeth these days, and it's because of the Quip. It really is. Uh, it vibrates for two minutes, and every 30 seconds, Pulses, so you know to reposition in your mouth, so you get a very even clean. You get the two minutes that Dennis recommend. I really like this. It starts at twenty five dollars. If you go to getquip.com/eric right now, you'll get your first brush head refill pack for free as well. That's your first refill pack for free at getquip.com/eric. It's 27 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. Have you started your good routines and whatnot? Your good habits for 2019? A friend of mine we saw me yesterday that he started this whole burpee program at the beginning of the year where on January 1 you do a burpee, on January 2 two burpees, on January 30th you're doing 30, by the end of the year 365 burpees, I told him I would die somewhere around January 15th. But you know one thing you can do as a good habit is brushing your teeth twice a day and Quip makes it easy, it's got a built in two minute timer, it pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides and help you clean your whole mouth evenly. You know up to 90% of people don't brush for a full two minutes and don't Don't clean evenly. Well, Quip makes it easy to improve and you should. I have been using mine for over two years. I got an orthodontist appointment tomorrow. I will tell you what my orthodontist says. Usually he comes in and says, wow, no tartar buildup. What toothbrush are you using? And I say my Quip. I actually do. We have this conversation every time I go in. And then he starts venting about the Democrats. It becomes very awkward. Uh, Quip starts at $25 and you go to getquip.com slash Erickson right now. You get your first refill pack for free. That is your first refill pack for free at G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Erickson, E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N. Um, I have mentioned the story before. I'm, I, I want to mention it again. You know Camille Paglia, the the uh, art history professor, art critic, uh, lesbian. Um, she writes a lot. Drudge links to her a lot on the Drudge Report. She ha- tells a story where every year she shows a painting to her incoming freshman art students. It's a painting of an old bearded man holding a stick in the, sky. He stand, he's a stick in the air. He's whole, standing on a rock, and there's a great body of water in front of him that is separated with dry land between the walls of water. And she asks the students what this picture represents. And every year, fewer and fewer of her students have been able to say, Moses parting the Red Sea. And there is a common vernacular in this country that we are losing as the country separates. I say this because there's a lot of reporter outrage this afternoon. Sarah Sanders having said that she thinks God wanted the president to be president. And that's actually scriptural. God puts leaders in place. And people are outraged by her saying this when they're completely biblically ignorant. We are two separate countries under one house. hello there <laughs> it's so nice to have you here Shady b i'm okay. telling you all kinds of things in your ears yes yes the things we can't let you people know <laughs> like okay. how many minutes after the hour it is yes totally 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 we're going home we don't care yeah all right so there is believe it or not, Ruth Bader Ginsburg trutherism happening out there. There there are actually people out there who believe that Ruth Bader Ginsburg is dead and the Democrats are keeping it a secret because they don't want Donald Trump to pick her seat. I will tell you what I have been told by people familiar with the situation. I would tell you who those people are Uh, but I can't, and they are trustworthy sources. She is worse off than what is being publicly told. One of the big key tests will be in a couple of weeks, whether or not she shows up to hear arguments in a case she deeply cares about. And this is a woman who showed up in court the day after her husband died to read opinions she takes her work very, very seriously. And if she can't come to work, it means uh, there's a problem. I can just tell you guys having ha- having a wife who had a lung biopsy. Uh, it is a awful surgery to recover from, and she just had a lung biopsy. She did not have a lobe of her lung removed. <sighs> um, I think that there's more to this. I do not believe Ruth Bader Ginsburg is dead. Now, I've heard several people floating rumors of hospice. No one I've talked to says that. They just say that she is in worse condition than is being publicly revealed. You do have to remember that she had broken ribs prior to a lobe of her lung removed. She is very old. Uh, Pneumonia is a threat. Um, You obviously are in such pain you don't want to cough from the surgery on top of having broken ribs. She should be in your prayers. Uh, It's not a good situation. But the, the, the trutherism out there, I think, is crazy. Um, I can also confirm for you absolutely 100% positive that this White House is laying the groundwork already for a, a nomination fight because they believe it's going to happen. We will see. Um, I don't know, but we will see. There is a disturbing report out. I, I've read about it at the resurgent. And you can go to The Resurgent and find it. It's actually our number one story today. And The Wall Street Journal has something on it as well that unbeknownst to the president, and I have confirmed with a source in the White House uh, who I should declare is a senior administration official who is very familiar with the president's thinking on judges. How is that? A senior administration official who is very familiar with the president's thinking on judges And he assures me the president did not know and he did not know that this was happening. The White House counsel is new. Um, McGurk is gone. After the Kavanaugh fight, he decided to retire. And there's a new White House counsel and the new White House counsel is trying to play nice with Dianne Feinstein and Kamala Harris and cut a deal with them. Axios is breaking story right now. Here we go. So the White House counsel, he's new, uh, Pat uh, Cipollone, I guess his name is, and he's apparently convinced. Uh, so normally, uh, members of the Senate object uh, to people being put in their state that they don't want. And, and so if you have two Democrats in a state and both Democrats object, well, the White House tries to find someone they're happy with. Well, this has always applied to the district court, but not necessarily the Court of Appeals. Under the Democrats, though, if you had Democrats in a state and the Democrats didn't like the president's nominee, well, the president found someone else. What uh, the Republicans have been doing is that If it's a if it's a court of appeals, it represents multiple states. And if all the senators from the states in that district or in that circuit object, then they won't put up the nominee. But if just two senators object from that circuit, they're going to ignore it and they're going to put up the nominees. Well, uh, the president's new White House counsel is listening to Dianne Feinstein and Kamala Harris because they are objecting to three nominees for the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. California's in the Ninth Circuit, but it's a bunch of other states as well. And what the uh, White House counsel is trying to do with Feinstein and Harris is get them to agree that they'll get to pick one of the nominees. The president will get to pick one of the nominees, and then they will have a consensus nominee that all sides are happy with for these three slots out of California. Each state gets a certain number of picks for the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, and the California senators want their own. Diane Feinstein and Kamala Harris— have been blocking people from the federal courts because they're Christians. Literally, I'm not making that up. I mean, they're opposed to someone being on the federal courts because they belong to the Knights of Columbus. And the White House counsel is trying to play nice with these people and trying to cut a deal because he believes that if he can cut this deal, that they will speed along other nominations. And I don't believe you can trust. Have you seen what they did to Brett Kavanaugh? You cannot trust these people. There is no way. They are playing for keeps on the judges, and it's appalling that the president's White House counsel, unbeknownst to the president, mind you, is trying to cut deals with these people when they have it within their power and they have the votes to just go on and put good conservatives on these courts. Particularly the Ninth Circuit needs some conservatives. It's outrageous, and people need to know what's going on. The president himself needs to know what's going on, and I made sure today to make sure the president knows what's going on. As I have mentioned before, Christy and I have decided we are Definitely gonna do the Dave Ramsey approach. Good gracious, folks. Trying to put together a budget, going back through your bank account, looking at all your purchases, figuring out how much you spend on stuff to build the budget. Oh my goodness. I, I am in this process and it is miserable. One thing that I have figured out though, thanks to Harry's razors, is that I can actually save about a hundred dollars a year, if not more. On razor blades, just by using Harry's, compared to the big name brand uh, razor blades you always think about, Harry's can shave you uh, save you about a hundred dollars or so if you're a regular shaver. There are a lot of S's in this. <laughs> now, listen, um, they are. It's even though you're saving money, you're not getting an inferior blade. They're actually really, really great razors. Uh, great setup. They bought their own factory. They make uh, great, great uh, steel blades. Uh, the factory had been making quality blades for over 95 years before Harry's even bought them, and they're just 2 bucks per cartridge. Uh, really, really great. No upcharge. You can get them at Target now and Walmart as well. For a limited time, Harry's has a special offer for listeners. New customers get $5 off a trial set from Harry's with code Ericsson at Harry's.com. It means you get a razor, a weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just 3 bucks. Plus free shipping when you use code Erickson at harrys.com. That's E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N at harrys.com. You join millions, uh, men and women, myself included here, who've already switched. You go to harrys.com today. You use code Erickson at checkout. You claim your offer. And again, Harry's, if you're concerned with your finances, you can save about 100 bucks a year by switching to Harry's. And that's a great deal. Now, let's go back to, I've only got a minute here, Roger, but I wanted to take your call. Yes,
0: Eric, Um, just an observation on why the Republicans lost the House in 2018. Between 40 and 44 Republican members decided not to run again or retired. When the uh, uh, the rate for re-election in the House is about 90%, I'm just not exactly
1: sure it was the strength of the Democratic Party that changed the house because if they had not retired or quit, uh, they wouldn't have lost as many seats. uh, Roger, I would tell you the reason they retired and quit is because they knew they were going to lose, by and large. I mean, we we see this uh, when you have these historic retirements parties flip, and those retirements have everything to do with the people who retired uh, were in swing districts that flipped to the other side. This happens. They quit because they knew they were going to lose. It wasn't just, oh, I'm going to retire now. These people would have stayed there forever if they could have.